Hey everybody, this is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is called Birthday Blues. (laughs) It's ironic, really, because today is my youngest's birthday and we're celebrating (laughs) we're not having the blues and um yesterday was my late husband's birthday and it was a mixture of blue and a little bit of celebration too so i want to get into birthdays what it is about them and just talk about all the stuff and i will have a little background noise and help from uh (laughs) all my co-hosts today all right guys here we go and thanks for joining I know what y'all are thinking, that birthdays synonymously are something people dread because it's becoming a year older and we all want to be forever young and youthful. Um, I don't think that's it. (laughs) I really don't. I know for me, yeah, I, I mean, especially the older I get, it's not as like a fun thought of like gaining in years, but, um, I've been having issues with birthdays for a very, very long time. And if I think back, when did it start? I might've been in my twenties when things started to spiral. I don't know what it is. I really don't. Um, Actually, if I go way back to childhood, I had chicken pox on my birthday, I think. I am pretty sure because there's some crazy pictures of me at my party covered in dots. And um, I had a car accident where I actually hit a friend's parked car. Um, I, oh gosh, I mean, if I really think back, guys, I've had terrible birthdays. Um, I even, my husband had a shunt put into his brain, so a brain surgery on my birthday. Um, And I probably have told you guys this before, but we didn't argue much in our marriage, but almost every year on my birthday we argued. It's like I prepared for it. And I don't know what energetically was going on around it. I I swear, I would say every year, is it a full moon? Like, what is happening? But there's a lot tied into this. I mean, if you think back to all my past episodes, you could almost touch on something from every single one of them. The subconscious mind, our childhood influences, um, the expectations of a bad birthday leading to a bad birthday, um, you know, the, the patterns that show up in our lives at certain times of years. Um, like there's a lot packed in there, but I mean, what is it truly about birthdays that just, I don't know. Um, I hear more complaints than people who actually love their birthday. So I know it's not just a me thing. Um, and so in thinking about that, uh, I mean, yes, let me just start with this. The expectations is a huge one because when we expect a day to be all about us and just filled with fun and attention and all these things that we get when we're young, um, as an adult especially, I think that can be really a big letdown and disappointment. Um, but now that I work with the grieving, I see a whole nother side of it. Um, and it started to make me think a lot of people hate birthdays because you know, the people that they lost, they hate, they have to celebrate the birthdays of those they've lost. Birthdays remind them of the people who aren't there to celebrate with them. Um, there's a lot of that mixed in too. And so for me, maybe that's why things have sort of stacked up, right? It used to be kind of a junky day. Then I started to expect a junky day. So I'd get a junky day and law of attraction at work. Uh, and now, now here I am, 
older, not really looking forward to the birthday, then not having my husband to celebrate it with me or anybody to sort of spoil me that day. But ironically, guys, there's a control element there where I want to be celebrated and loved on on my birthday. Yet, <laughs> I tell no one. I literally hide, um, I think I have, like, if I look all over the place, wherever I post things, I make up a different birthday all the time. No one could ever figure out what day I was born. It's just like, I don't even, because I don't want the attention. I don't even want a coupon coming to me in the mail because it's your birthday. Like, I just, I'm somebody who, as much as I love a spotlight because I like to inspire people, I hate the attention on me. So it's a weird dynamic. And we all have to face this because it's a day where, like, here comes a cake and everybody's staring at you with cameras. And so there's that element for a lot of people. Then tie in all of these memories, these expectations, all this stuff, right? So, and then our little people, oh my goodness, all the little ones in my life who just adore birthdays. It's like, oh my gosh, it's all about me. And I mean, I overboard it for my kids. The entire week of their birthday, they get to pick the meals. So every single day, guys, of the week, my little guy, and this has gone on since they were one and two years old. Like when they were even babies, I think I we just like, oh, they like sweet potato, let's do a sweet potato pie, let's do a, I mean, seriously, I just try to make it all about them for the whole entire week. So now my kids have these really high expectations on their birthday of being showered with things they love and adore. But this is very, very interesting because what am I painting for their future, right? I could be creating right now this expectation for their future family to have to like show up and perform. Like it's kind of ridiculous. I do it because I just love the excitement on like them creating their own menu and like, um, just getting excited about every little thing. Like, mom, can I play video games right now? And I'm like, it's your birthday. What do you want to do? Like, we do whatever you want to do. Um, can I have, what do we have for breakfast? I was like, well, I was going to make a special eggs and this and that, or pancakes, or what do you want? No, none of that sounds good. All right, you want a cupcake for breakfast? Yeah, okay. <laughs> can I stay up tonight? Sure. Like, I just, I don't know. I want it to be special. I want it to hold magic. Like, like Christmases of your childhood kind of feeling. Like I think a birthday should be celebrated. So what the heck, Heather? Like, why don't you celebrate yourself? And that's what I think it comes down to. We don't want to celebrate ourselves enough. Guys, why? You deserve a big birthday. You deserve gifts on Valentine's Day. You deserve to be spoiled year-round. You don't have to be the only one doing all the spoiling. And I know giving feels so much better than receiving, but to receive and that receivership allows things into your world. So people who've been following me with the law of attraction stuff and things that are magnetically pulled to you with science, remember this is not woo-woo, but um, we've talked about the scientific nature of attraction. It is very much a law like gravity. And if something is moving towards you, um, it's the barriers that we put between it coming to us. And so when we want it to not be all about us, we don't want the attention on us, we kind of try to downplay it. It's if we can't receive, no matter how much you attract, no matter how much you magnetize, it could be right at your doorstep and you are not opening the door. The literal receivership of a compliment 
hey, you look beautiful today. Thank you so much. Not, oh, this little thing, I gotta, blah, blah, blah. oh, you've gotta be kidding. Yeah, or I like just rolled out of bed. No, stop downplaying yourself. Thank you. Receive it, hear it. You can always give it back. You can always say, your shirt's beautiful as well, or I love your hair today, or, you know, oh, I appreciate you saying that so much. You look gorgeous as well. I mean, that can be natural. It should be natural, not artificial, but um, that's okay if you're uncomfortable with just a thank you, <laughs> but you gotta learn to receive. And birthdays, oh boy, everything's coming at you. Or if it's not, there's that too. We can get into that in the second half. But if it's trying to come to you, allow it and just receive it and just say thank you and stop trying to be the giver for a day, a moment, you know, and then let it seep out into days beyond the one birthday. Allow that to become more of your normal go-to is like, it's okay to have somebody trying to do for you, to offer to pick you up something and to not just say, oh, no, thanks. And be like, you know, pleasing. You don't have to be just pleasing all the time. It's okay to say, you know what? Yeah, I'd absolutely love that. Thank you. And the person giving then gets from that. So remember that. Like they want to do for you, allow that, thank them for that. And now we've got this exchange moving and that flow of give and receive, ooh, now that's where the magic is. That's where the lights start to turn on in your life and the magic little dust starts to sprinkle on everything and things start to get really good because that ebb and flow, um, I always say like the infinity symbol of giving and receiving, it kind of has that flow feel to it, is powerful. Um, but it can only happen if it's open in both directions. You can't be a real great giver and then never open your hands to receive. You can't you know, compliment others, but not receive one yourself. You can't, um, you know, want money and desire all this money, but then never open your wallet to donate to a cause. Like these things are, they match up. They're meant to be together. And so when we try to just control the whole thing or, you know, put any kind of, I don't know, not barriers around it, but like, you know, these guards up that we have. It's like, I'll allow in only this so much. Um, you know, we have to be willing to just fully receive. And um, for women, this is especially important. Uh, I don't want to get too much into like the undertones of all that, but um, I think you can understand like for women, receivership. <laughs> for men, it's more of the giving and it falls in line. So our physical bodies, yes, I, that's what I'm alluding to here, but it also is just sort of how we are built in our gender is like women are meant to receive and men are meant to give and be the sort of producers almost. I mean, so if you think about all of that, it's really deep rooted. And yet as women, we're kind of taught as little kids to be all so pleasing and it's okay and no thank you. And I, you know, I appreciate it, but I'm, I'm fine. And that's so bizarre, <laughs> right? Because as women, we're supposed to be able to receive. Yes, we're supposed to also give because they have to go hand in hand. But the way in which we give these days is so out of balance with what we're allowing in. And that imbalance, it's evident in everything, but you'll start to see it show up if you don't sort of put a stopper on it um, in the way of blocking 
your ability to ever receive anything. Because we all, like, as much as we're like, no, 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 that's okay. If we got a a million dollar check in the mail, we'd be like, thank you, (laughs) right? Quick thank you. But if somebody tries to pay us a compliment, we can't even receive that. So what do you think that signals to God, universe? It says, heck no, I don't know how to take. I don't know how to get. I don't know how to receive. Don't send me anything big. I can't even handle the small stuff. So show the universe and God that you are a receiver. You are happy to receive. It makes you feel more grateful. Let it like amp up your gratitude. Anything that fires up your gratitude, the universe will give you in abundance. So let it be the fuel to your gratitude. You know, just, oh, thank you. That just made my whole day done. You know what I mean? Feel it and like be like, wow, I must look beautiful today. Allow that to be a fact. Not the story you're telling yourself in your head that it's not enough, you really don't look that great, what do they know? Get that story out of your head or you're just going to keep blocking the frequency of all this trying to get to you. You know, who wants to have this brand new car sitting at their door that they've just never opened the door to because what, they couldn't accept a compliment? And it could be that powerful. Your inability to accept a compliment could be blocking that dream job from arriving at your doorstep or the fancy new car you want, or the love in your life, or whatever it is. You're not ready yet. Your hands aren't open and waiting, you know? When you do, I don't know, for those of you who might be um, of a similar religion to me, when we receive communion, we literally wait in a line, we put our hands out to receive the body of Christ. This is a whole thing that happens every Mass, and you have to put your hands out. You have to be ready to take something. You have to be okay with that. And do we ever stand there and go, oh, no, 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 you know what, never mind, I don't deserve this. What? And that is like, I mean, in our religion, that is your forgiveness you're receiving. It is your, you know, I mean, it's a blessing. It's, and we're still, we're so okay with receiving that. Let that carry over into your life. Like, let that trickle out. Let it be like, okay, well, if I can receive that, of course I can receive a compliment. You know, that I try to kind of put it in perspective sometimes because it's like, man, I can't be shut off to to just saying a thank you, you know, um, when somebody just tells me my hair looks nice today and yet then be able to receive eternal forgiveness. Like, what? <laughs> I don't know. So, um, <laughs> okay, guys, I'm going to cut to a quick break just because I then paused and had a day of receivership and I want to tell you all about it but let me get to the break a little early on this uh, episode so that way I can wrap this show up today giving you the breakdown of just how that went. Don't go anywhere I'll be right back. Guys if you haven't signed up yet for my $33 a month membership into my client only Facebook group where I am giving my how to's on how I'm maneuvering through hard and heavy grief. Um, I'm explaining exactly how I'm doing the tough stuff like holidays and overwhelm and struggle and, um, you know, I mean, it gets into everything, honestly. Like, I really just dump out everything that has worked, everything that hasn't, and I save all my old posts, all my old lives. So just by joining, you automatically get that whole library of all of the past stuff. And then if you decide, you know what, this isn't for me, you've only used $33 to check it out, see for yourself. And I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to at least find one nugget in there that 
you know, hits. So <laughs> no matter what, I think it's a pretty um, fail-safe thing to check out and try. And if you are looking to grab that link to join that group, I will leave the link for that in today's podcast description. So all right, guys, right back to the show. Here we go. Okay, so here we go, guys. This is what happened. I was recording the podcast episode this morning. As I said, it was my youngest's birthday. Um, a whole day planned with um, some of his favorite people who it's there. So instead of doing just gifts, they've chosen to do experiences, which is wonderful with my children. Um, so every year for their birthday, they get to pick what they want to do. Well, my youngest always picks just having his birthday all day with these people doing whatever. Um, this year he wanted to go to the ocean. That didn't pan out because of the weather, but we had a day on tap and we released control um, to the woman to plan the day and we just rolled with it. And I'm not gonna tell you how hard that was for me. Okay, I am gonna tell you. It was so hard for me. I am not somebody who easily just receives. I, it's so hard for me and I know it is so wonderful for them and it's hard when I'm always arguing and trying to pay too and I tried to just say thank you today. So hard and it's funny like I watch my kids so easily just be like, oh, thank you, this is the best, best day ever. And the joy that swept across this couple's faces as they were able to just you know, spoil my babies and give them a wonderful day and gave me a wonderful day. And I just had to keep biting my tongue and sitting on my hands and trying so hard not to contribute. Oh, it, this is so funny. Now this is childhood stuff, guys. My mom was that way. You know, it's like I was raised to, you know, work hard for myself, you know, and not have to depend on anybody and not have to have others sort of pay your way. And, you know, to really work hard for everything I had. And that has infused into my personality, but as an adult, I struggle with sometimes just letting people be kind to me and just saying thank you. So in keeping with trying not to be a hypocrite, today I overdid maybe even, but it was beautiful, um, my thank yous to people. Not only did I allowed this family to spoil the heck out of my kids and I today, which goes against the grain a little for me here <laughs> a lot. Um, but I said thank you. I didn't argue. I always offered to help. I allowed them to say, nope, we got it. And I just let it go. And I said thank you. Well, um, I let it kind of boil over a little. And and I went overboard with anybody doing any little act of service for me, like anything. So it was so funny. We left this restaurant, um, and the, as soon as we got up from the table, some kid that worked behind the counter came out and started spraying it down and cleaning it. And I gave him, like, the most – I don't, it honestly just came from my heart. I It just came out without me thinking to do it. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. The look of shock on the kid's face and happiness that that brought him, he was like – oh, you're welcome. Like this total, like, no one's ever said that to me. I'm just doing my job. And, um, and I think I realized in that moment, it is amazing when you then turn around. So first you receive, then you give the gratitude, right? You just keep that flow going. And no matter what it is, someone 
holding a door, someone, um, you know, like the lady at the register checking me out, whatever it was, I was like over the top today, just like, thank you so much. I really appreciate your help or whatever. I went like the extra mile to make sure to stop, make the eye contact, tell them what they did for you, tell them how happy I was with it. And it seemed small, but it was like my way of sort of trying out walking the walk a little more deeply because I know these things you know I've been teaching them for a long time but I know it in my heart but everybody gets a little lax with this stuff and it's big I mean the smiles you bring to somebody's face when you give them true intense gratitude for small acts of service that they would have done otherwise and like that really didn't have to happen they take people back a little bit and when you get that moment it is a gem it is like you do, you know you just made their moment happy, but you know it might have actually like spilled over into more than that. You can just tell. It's like, wow. Like they just puff up a little bit and feel a little more proud. They're a little more happy to serve. They're a little, whatever it is. It's like, it's just the good stuff. Like why are we spending so much time? I mean, I, the more aware I am of my own give and take of receiving and giving and all this, the more that I am aware of that, the more I'm starting to notice the complainers in my life. Because there are some people who constantly go from one conversation about this person that irritated me to, can you believe this person? To, I can't believe my family member this. To, oh man, the weather. And oh my gosh, I know I gotta get this fixed in my car. And if you listen, it's like over and over and over. And now, because of my awareness around it, I'm changing who I'm around, not even consciously, to be honest with you. Um, but I'm loving the people who are just good energy all the time, um, looking for the silver lining, kind. Uh, and the people who are a little more just constant complainers have sort of fell by the wayside a little. Like, I don't really have time for it because I don't... I don't want it to rub off on me. I don't want to become that version of myself because we all have it. It's in there somewhere where we've had days where we kind of jump on board when everybody's complaining and yeah, I know. It's so much easier, honestly, easier to um, like bring the light to the conversation because I feel like it is, as much as people say, no, it's easier to just go along with it, it's really not because it never feels good. Like, Anytime I've ever caught on to that where somebody's like, oh, can you believe the school did this and blah, blah, blah. And I like even go to sort of join in on like, yeah, I'm a little disappointed or whatever. Afterwards, it kind of feels icky. Like, I don't like that feeling. It leaves behind a bad aftertaste for me. And anytime I've risen above and I've been like, yeah, you know, I get it, though. They're doing the best they can and the... You know, they have to try to appease everybody and not just like being that annoying devil's advocate, but literally trying to see the other person's perspective and maybe bring a little bit of that to the conversation instead of just like going at it <laughs> with everyone else. It always makes me feel better afterwards because usually people will start to think about it in a different way and go, yeah, you know, you're right. I'm sure it's like whatever. And they I make mean, sure I'm sure there's times where I might be trying to sort of flip the script a little and be like, like I heard people, this is an interesting thing. I have a new group of people that I'm spending a lot of my time with just because of my kids and their basketball. And uh, this group of parents was complaining about the basketball program. This basketball program has been nothing but gold for me and my kids. I mean, when you're a single mom raising boys and this is a bunch of men who have taken my kids under their wing, have been kind, have been like 
really like mirroring the type of men I want my kids to be, have been just positive and all, all this stuff. I I couldn't even hear that and and even think for a moment like, you know, is there? I mean, the things people complain about, honestly, like. It, we're told at the start of the season, here's, I'm going to give a backstory on this. Told at the start of the season, this is like, um, I don't know how to explain it, but like more of an elite type of basketball, right? I'm just going to leave it at that. No name dropping or whatever. It's just, this is a little higher level. This isn't your average youth league, right? So you're told at the start, basically, your kid is not guaranteed time on the court. They'll earn their time on the court. By working hard, putting in the time, putting in the effort. I don't want to hear about your kid not getting equal time to everybody else. Now, as he's giving this lecture, which he does every season at the start of the season, because he calls it like the, our annual whatever meeting, um, I have never been so aggravated. I might have even talked about this on the podcast because I remember being so twerked up about it. <laughs> like It was really obnoxious to me because we're sitting in a gym that's relatively large um, there's a whole like two huge bleacher things full of parents. So it's already hard to hear. There's tons of kids in the front. There's a bunch of coaches and it, you know, it, I mean, if everybody was quiet and focused on what he was saying, it would have been easy to hear and understand and whatever. Now I've got a, kids that really need to be able to focus. And when there's any kind of distraction, you lose them. But the conversation wasn't aimed at the children that day. We were asked basically for a parent meeting so that we could discuss like expectations and all these things, right? So you know what you're coming to hear. And there are parents in the audience that would not shut their mouths. Now, little, like rarely do I get really aggravated to the point where I'm like feeling hot about something, but I was like, oh my gosh, I was about ready to turn around and be like, can we give a little respect, please? I am in shock that the coach kept his cool, just kept talking right through it. But these parents were so obnoxiously loud that no one in that gymnasium could barely even hear what was being said. But what was being said was that these kids were not going to get all equal time. It had to do with what they were putting in, what they were showing for effort, growth, all these things. That's just the way it is. Like, basically, if it's not for you, it's not for you. Let me know. Everybody, fine, yeah, great, okay, claps, all the whole thing, right? I'm thinking to myself, nobody even heard a word he said, but all right. So season starts, not surprising. Same parents yapping away, not listening to this speech, are the ones sitting around commiserating about their kid not getting enough time, and why did I drive all this way to sit there and watch them sit on the bench, and da 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 da, da not stopping just in my ear over and over, waiting for me to chime in. They would not have liked it if I chimed in because my heart was like, oh, I just wanted to basically say, you should have listened at the start because this was spelled out for you. But I felt like it wasn't my place. And I felt like if anything, they had to come to this on their own because they were in that place. You know, when some people are mentally in a place where they are just complaining and angry and all is wrong and no matter what anybody says, you know, you could just... If I said anything to the contrary, I was going to be basically enemy number one. It had nothing to do with me, and I really had no reason to get involved, but every part of me wanted to stand in and just say, they have told you this from the beginning. You didn't listen to a word they said when they were telling us at the beginning. Like, maybe this isn't for you then, because the whole point is to get our kids to work harder. My kid was sitting on the bench a good portion of the season. This was his first year with this group. He was learning. He was working his butt off, but he hadn't really closed the gap yet on, like, catching up to some of the higher level kids. I was expecting that, right? But there's value in sitting on a bench and watching other people 
working their butts off and succeeding. There's con- contributions for those kids, too, where they can be helping their teammates. They can learn how to support from the bench. They can learn how to be ready to go in and look ready. You know, there's all kinds of things. I literally would have a conversation with my kids the whole way there about, I don't care if you get two seconds in that game. It's going to be everything in your soul that you put into it. And while you're on the bench, you're going to support your teammates. You're going to clap for them. You're going to watch. You're going to listen to the coach. You're going to stand up and run over when it's time for a huddle. You're not going to drag your feet. Like, we talk about these things. And I just, like, these are the parents whose kids are also playing baseball. They're also playing a million other sports. They're barely there from half the practices. When they are there, they're low energy and not really paying attention. So I was like, I really, I don't have a lot of compassion for the complainers in those scenarios because sometimes I think we just have such high expectations of other people, but like, we're not even really given the grace to like, I mean, the scenario, let's just say perfect example, because like, if you are not going to listen to what is happening in the parent to uh, coach conversation and then you're going to complain about the very thing they asked you not to complain again you know about it's like oh my gosh so what where's our role there like that is another question that I kind of ponder sometimes like did I have a responsibility to sort of stand up for these people who are wonderful and doing hard work like I kind of really wanted to but it's like there's this also social etiquette of just knowing your role and your place and when it's time to speak out and not now if this had been being said around a community of other people, like where other, you know, people that weren't a part of our program or whatever, I probably would have stepped in because I don't want anyone else to ever hear that and have that as a, like a, an opinion of our group because it's so wonderful and that would irritate me. But if it was just our little inner circle that was hearing it, which was the case this day, I was thinking to myself, everybody else that paid attention that day and whose kids are getting time or who, who kids who aren't, but they're still, you know, showing up and putting in the work. They, they already knew that this person was off the rocker a little bit, but it's just, you know, you do have to kind of weigh out, like, when is it my responsibility to get involved and when isn't it? And I mean, we do all have our little responsibility to that and not a lot of people want to take ownership over it. This is getting a little sidetracked, but what I really wanted to get at with this whole, like, how does this connect to the birthday blues and all of that is that, you know, (laughs) there are certain expectations when it comes to a big day that is supposed to be all about you, understandably, you know, it's like, we know when, you know, there's, I mean, we know when it's someone else's day, we're just, we're there to celebrate them and whatever. But when the day is literally, I mean, it's all about you, 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 this is your day. Um, It's easy to go into that sort of expectation role of being the king, the queen, the star of the day, the one getting doted on. And I, I think that might be where we fail because, you know, anytime that we're going to have this over the top, um, anticipation of a day that highlights us and our amazingness. <laughs> it is like setting yourself up for failure. Uh, I sort of roll with, and you know, it's it's a funny thing, but I, I roll with a low expectation life because I think what's happened to me over time is I get disappointed by people a lot. And so I started to realize when I lower the bar a little, lower that expectation, 
people surprise you right and left and impress you. But when you expect everybody to be perfect and the way you want them to be and, you know, showing up for you and in a certain way, like most of us don't just expect people to like do things for us. They expect them to do things on our birthday for us in the exact way in which we want to be treated. And they should just know what that is and our favorite cake and our whatever it is. That's so unrealistic. Like if I just set my bar really low, like I'm just going to have a great day and know that like, you know, maybe everybody will be a little nicer to me if they even know but if not I'm just gonna kind of have some fun with this it's usually sort of amazing I mean you can't not be impressed because you're gonna have so much more than that because it is your birthday and there's gonna be someone who remembers and something special will happen but if you go in with these this high bar of how the day has to roll out I just think that's where you're gonna find yourself a little bit bluesy and a little bit you know, I didn't have my person with me to celebrate or no one remembered. It's a little bit of the Sweet 16 movie type of scenario of like, holy cow, did everybody forget me on my big day? Well, you know, other people have a big day that day too or, you know, have other things on their plate. And I mean, sometimes even the most important people to you might not remember until the next day or late in the day or whatever it is. It's like, well, not a big deal. It really isn't. It's only a big deal if if that expectation was like solidified like this is the way this day should be and if not it's all spoiled it's all ruined it's you know it's like a little temper tantrum but um today was awesome and it wasn't anything that normally would have to be like i wanted to make a big breakfast for my son he didn't want scrambled eggs or pancakes or anything i offered him no 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 like i said i just ended up rolling with a cupcake all right you know i mean i really wanted to be making his favorite dinner i really wanted to be um you know doing facetimes with his cousins and stuff later at night and i wanted us to all be you know <laughs> There's so many little things, but even eating a birthday cake on his birthday kind of felt important. But the way it ended up being was we actually ate cupcakes, because he likes cupcakes better, unfrosted, which is because that's how he likes it. It's his day. And we ate them yesterday because it was actually, you know, like I said, my husband's birthday. And, and then this morning they had one for breakfast and then we didn't even have them after dinner because we had so much junk to eat all day. We we're so stuffed. We didn't even blow out a candle. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, I could, I mean, in this scenario, he could have had a lot to expect and it might have, you know, surpassed and it might not have measured up. I don't know. But I had expectations and I had to just let him go and roll of the day. And I'm okay. And he's okay. We're not just okay. We had a fabulous day. So sometimes when we let go and release the expectations and the, the whole set up for a day that's all based in you and all all that jazz like when you can drop that from your agenda and just let the day roll out better things will come maybe better than how you even expected them to so it's all about the release it's all about letting go of the wheel I talk about this all the time in my grief group we like to be the ones steering that car the passenger seat is just not much fun and we really want to grip back on to whatever control we can get in life sometimes because things feel out of control sometimes and that's okay but uh, you know clenched fist around a steering wheel doesn't necessarily navigate a life that you're gonna love I mean yeah it might be a controlled predictable life 
But, you know, my most amazing moments in my life have been spontaneous and unpredictable. Not the ones that I've already mapped out in my head being just so. It's the fun of surprise. It's the letting it go to God, to, you know, the neighbors, to the whatever. Let it go. Let it happen when it happens. Let the flow be. And, you know, just truly open your fist. Let it all be released. And let that be okay and you're going to be okay. (laughs) The people who are going to have the biggest struggle in life are the ones who just keep white knuckling it and will just never let that truly go. And usually those are the ones, ironically, who believe they don't have a problem with control. They don't have an issue letting go and releasing. And they're usually the ones who are the worst offenders. So if you're listening to this episode and you're like, you know, that's not really me. I'm pretty good at like saying my thank yous, letting other people do for me, and and then you have a million reasons as to how people just haven't showed up for you, and I know your type, (laughs) you know, sending love your way, but you're not right in this. If you're feeling that way, then all the more you're probably one of the ones who who needs this advice more than others. You might want to re-listen to this episode, because when we think we are not you know, the tight, white-knuckle-gripping control freaks. We usually are the biggest control freaks. And this is coming from a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like um, a recovered (laughs) control freak or in a control freak in recovery, I should say, because I still got my things, you know, it's, it's constant growth and learning and, but um, I'm not, I'm not giving up on me. I'm not giving up on you. We got this. <laughs> Nobody has to have the birthday blues and, you know, so much more around expectations and all this stuff. I think you can see how it can reflect in your own life. It doesn't have to do with birthdays and kids or, you know, for you to be able to see and connect the dots as to how in your own life um, this might be sneaking in in little, you know, sneaky little ways that it has its way of doing. So take a look in the mirror. It's a tough one, I know. See where you can find ways in which you might not be totally releasing, totally receiving. Receiving is the word of the day, guys. Let it come to you. <laughs> Let it be. Open the door. The good stuff can't come in if you attract it and then put a million barricades in your way. So just move out the way. <laughs> Let it come and stop fighting it because that's where the beauty is. All right, guys. I'm so grateful for you, as always, for joining me on this one. I'm going to go celebrate the last uh, few hours of my little one's day. And I will see you on the next episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Bye-bye.